Let's get started. Welcome, everybody, to this week's Five Things podcast. Uh, the podcast where each week, Gray and Social Media Week, uh, take a look at five important things happening in the social and digital world. And there's a bit of a roundtable. We're going to cover stories that range from platform updates to creative inspiration, case studies, a bit of drama, a bit of news, maybe some banter dropped in there. And this is for the week of January 27th. So let me quickly introduce who we have with us on this week's podcast. And I'm going to start with um, today's special guest, Katy Perry. Um, the Katy Perry, but not the Katy Perry. A Katy Perry, but for us, the Katy Perry. Um, head of marketing at Public, which is a social investing app. And at that point... I'd like Katie just to give us the headline on public. Would you mind doing that? Sure. As you said, we're a social investing app and we're on a mission to accelerate people's prosperity by democratizing the stock market. And for us, that means making it possible to own a piece of your favorite companies through fractional investing and also putting a social layer to people's investing. So allowing people to see other people's portfolios and exchange ideas in a transparent community. Brilliant. Hi everyone, this is Toby. I'm a user of Public, recently joined the platform, and also a fan. Uh, I think it's a phenomenal product. So now I have to go the wrong way around the table because I'm going to make sure we introduce Toby Daniels next, founder of uh, Social Media Week, um, and currently scrolling through his Public app, actually, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm trading right now. Good man. <laughs> trading hard. Um, next, the social layer. We have a return guest. Amanda Davis is with us, who's uh, our project director for innovation here at Gray. Uh, and then rounding out the list, we have uh, Kenny Gold, our regular uh, voice on all things social, our North America head of social here at Gray. And I don't introduce myself normally, but I'm going to tell you my name's Dan Bennett and I head up global innovation here at Gray. So. That's the formalities out the way, my friends. Let's jump into this week's content. And uh, we're going to cover Netflix airing the circle finale, Twitter teasing um, new, a new tipping option, um, Pinterest expanding self-help exercises, TikTok reportedly developing a curated content feed, and then Oreo launching a clothing collection. So something for everyone on today's list. And we're going to start with Amanda and Netflix airing the circle finale. Thank you. This topic is very important to me because I did invest about eight hours of my life this weekend in binging this Netflix show. A different kind of investing. A different kind of investing. Very important. Um, I'm investing with no return. With no return. And it only makes you feel more awful. But <laughs> if you haven't seen the show, it's essentially um, a game show where people interact to create online profiles of themselves and try to essentially become influencers or more popular in their circles. The trick is, though, the person who makes it to the most popular round at the end wins $100,000, which is a pretty like large amount to think about just creating fake or real profiles getting you there. Um, this is really interesting because it gives you a peek behind the curtain of social media in that it's very much a real life, real friends, real money, real competition for likes and ad revenue. So being able to kind of juxtapose it with actual personalities is something that you don't really get to watch, but is actually very interesting. Okay. 
So, I have a question for you. Uh, I don't know whether you're a fan of these types of shows or this format at all. I do know someone that uh, in the room that is. Um, so I'll, I'll sort of ask you the question. I'd love to hear from Katie as well. But like, <laughs> if you binge on this show, uh, how did you feel? Like, what, what, how would you rate this alongside other kind of similar shows that are out there? I actually didn't want to watch this show originally when I saw it pop up on my algorithm, but I got so many recommendations that it was actually like a very interesting character study. So I started watching it again. I binged it for an entire day. And it's, it's much more interesting than it might look on the surface of like your normal like reality shows because the trick to this too is people can either create a fake profile or they can just be themselves so it's a very recurring conversation in the show of what is more valuable on social media you being yourself or you being what people think you should be and I'm not going to spoil it but it might surprise oh, you, you. It. it might if, surprise no, you do not, do not spoil it it feels like it's you know it, they talked about it a lot on The Ringer and on the Bachelor Party pa- podcast Juliette Littman talked about it ad nauseum and it really lives at the center of like three concentric circles of the show Catfish from MTV, The Bachelor and The Bachelorette, and then Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's it's taking three pieces of culture and mashing them up into one kind of interesting social experiment. And it's not as surface level as it might seem. There is actually like a very deep narrative about the way that people show up on social media that is probably going to feel familiar and, and not news, but it is kind of nice to see those, those kind of thoughts and feelings, especially as it relates to mental health and kind of these personas that people put out on social media to really see it validated and also like just come like making it a competition it sounds like it's one tweak away from being a horror film (laughs) (laughs) isn't that everything it sounds dreadful so is dodgeball i've never even heard of this show because i've pretty much watched succession and ken burns documentaries but it sounds fascinating but when i was reading about it it was hard for me to picture like what they're actually filming like what is it they are filming people so the other trick that they did which was pretty smart is it's all a voice activated platform so it's a little bit like an alexa type of activation so instead of you sitting on your computer and typing in your you know profile picture and your bio everything's by voice but you really are just seeing someone sitting in an empty apartment telling the machine to upload their profile picture it's again it sounds quite boring but once you get into it there is a lot of of character development a little bit of like underlying story detail it's also created a cultural thing where you because i haven't i've only watched one episode but apparently you prompt the voice thing by saying message to so and so. So now if you are on Twitter or Instagram, there's a lot of back and forth where it's like, message, Amanda. Oh, so, interesting. So that's yeah. become like memed. I, I, we're going to move past it, but let me add one more thought on if it pivoted the other way away from a horror film, it could also be a comedy if they had to stick with whatever the voice translated them saying it be, right? <laughs> Right, so getting it wrong to me would make it funny. What I'm saying is there are two ideas around this show that could be really good. I'm uninterested in the original. It's also a live band away from being a variety show. Oh, geez. We could just keep going. All right, Hollywood, give us a call. (laughs) Next one is going to be, Kenny, you're going to take, you're going to talk to us about Twitter teasing the new tipping option. Sure. So Twitter is considering a feature that will allow users to tip one another, sending each other money from their tweets. Now, this is, um, 
not new news coming out of Twitter. This is something that has long been rumored. There's been discussions about whether it would be, and Katie, I'll be curious to hear how you feel about this, but there are conversations about it being through actual money, about it being through Bitcoin. There's a whole component of this, which Jack Dorsey also owns Square. So what is the integration of financial sharing on Twitter as a platform? What does that mean for brands? What are the what are the opportunities uh, to just provide more ubiquitous utility for Twitter as a platform? Pretty fascinating stuff. Um, would be curious to see what that does on the DTC front, uh, which once you added monetary capabilities with an Instagram DTC launched. Um, and then this is also very popular on Reddit with tipping as well as on Twitch with tipping. Uh, so what does that mean for content creators? So an interesting development uh, for sure on the platform. Katie, yeah, Katie, I what do you got? I mean, got? Really Any thoughts? Twitter's my favorite social media platform. Um, I think it represents the best of society and the worst of society. Sometimes I wish you could take money away from people on Twitter, but what I love about Twitter is when these kind of obscure people like have a tweet that just like lights up, and it would be great in those instances to reward like amazing takes and 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 funny tweets and great um, commentary. And obviously, Jack Dorsey is really into cryptocurrency and that will be interesting to see. Um, and I've also been reading a lot lately about kind of how a lot of companies outside of fintech are kind of moving into that space and kind of related to my world is where does social and and kind of fintech intersect and it could be really interesting. My one question is like, it just seems like a bear to kind of regulate fraud. You see a lot of scams with people asking for money, GoFundMes, and like, what does that look like? And how are they planning to kind of keep that all in check? I think it's really interesting. Do you talk about public or do you, let's just get back to public for a sec, I'm fascinated by it. Is it, do you think about it as a social network? Yes, yes. Um, I, I think we see social not so much as other pe people influencing others and telling them kind of what to do with their money and more so just opening up the conversation and talking about investing and being able to exchange ideas with your friends and other people. And just having that conversation will expand kind of your knowledge of companies. And it's less so about certain people who are money experts telling other people what to do. Yeah, I think it's important to think about it in terms of how social can be a layer that sits on top of like utility. Um, oftentimes, at least in the last like five years, the conversation has been so dominated by like the big platforms and the big platforms like making moves into these like different kind of smaller sort of sub communities or making moves into areas where they're providing both utility and also this like social layer. It's way more interesting to me though when you look at companies like Public Emerge that uh, exist for a fundamental reason and are delivering a very specific uh, an alternative way of being able to invest but with that social layer which like adds a dimension and for me personally as, as not a, a particularly experienced investor um, in regards to the stock market it gives you an extra like, confidence level that you're part of a community there's like a social component to to every transaction that you can potentially make and that's I think super interesting I think we're just going to see so much more of this going back to Twitter though for a second um, and actually I think Katie you kind of brought up a really interesting point I think tipping is interesting I think the counter to tipping is finding people I actually genuinely think it would be really interesting even if it was just like a, a kind of um, even if it was just you know um, fake 
fake fines. It would be interesting to see what, who, who amasses uh, fines and, and how big those fines can ultimately be if they're issued by uh, the community. I'm slightly fearful that I'm about to be fined uh, by Toby for something. <laughs> we seem so into that. But let's move on to uh, number three, which is Pinterest expanding self-help exercises. Katie. Awesome. I'm pumped to have Pinterest. I'm a huge fan. Um, and this week they announced they're rolling out some of their features designed to promote emotional well-being to another nine countries globally. And this is after they first announced it in the U.S. last year. Uh, what this means is essentially they've trained their product to detect search patterns that are likely to indicate self-harm or uh, mental health issues. And instead of pushing people kind of further down that rabbit hole, as you might expect from like an algorithm, they're actually pivoting that and, and pushing the people towards a proactive kind of um, next step designed to help them cope. And all this happens in anonymous mode. And also importantly, they're not doing it alone. So obviously they are experts in tech, not mental health. And they've partnered with some really great organizations to, to do this. So I think it's a great move and I think it's super on mission and on brand for them. And I think it's worth noting that you know, right now it's hard for a big tech company to keep having positive news items. And every time I see Pinterest in the news, it seems to be something positive. So I think I'm a fan of what they're doing. I think they've made, so I, I think we've talked about this before and I have a question for everyone in just a second, but you know, they, last year or maybe even towards the end of 2018, they made a very conscious decision to try and distance themselves from the other social media platforms. Um, it, at first, the, the first thing they did, they literally came out and said, we're not a social media platform, we're not a social network. Um, and then they went on to describe themselves in like a really complicated way that no one could quite frankly remember. Um, but that was the first thing they did. It was an obvious strategic move and it's in part because they want to change the conversation that they're having with like advertisers. Um, but I think much more importantly, and this speaks to this, this particular bit of news, is that they're also trying to lead um, in regards to the well-being of their users and the things that they're doing to kind of like safeguard and protect their users um, and to be like a really positive, constructive like place for people to be able to kind of interact and communicate. All, all I would say, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, is Pinterest a social network? I think the timing's, I agree. I think the timing's really interesting as a lot of social platforms are kind of backing away from accountability and ownership over how their users are acting. It's a little bit of a, of a honestly, whether they consider themselves a social media platform or not, it's a little bit of a middle finger to the Facebook and the Twitter and the Instagrams who notoriously are making people's mental health worse. And I think it's, it's creating a little bit of leadership in that space of you are responsible for what people do on your site and what you provide to them and also what tools you offer them. So I think it's social media capital letter and social media lowercase letter. Any platform in which people connect with one another and share information and create community is a social network. So email is a social network. Text messaging is a social network. It's just how you define that being. I think Pinterest has, for starters, it is the number one social network for branded content. 86% of the content that is engaged with on Pinterest is is from a brand. So what I'm curious to see with something like this is how are brands going to take advantage of an opportunity to take 
this sort of smart search query ability with mental health support and add to the discourse? Are they going to bastardize it and add to neg- like the negative component, like you know how it happens on other networks? Or are they actually going to be a force for good? That's where it gets interesting. Um, but to answer Toby's question, Pinterest is a social network. They all are social networks, and they're all just trying to differentiate themselves by saying they're not because they think that's what people want to hear. So, at what point then can we can we get rid of the the uh the nomenclature around social network. If everything's just we a social getting, network, we should is be getting rid of it. Irrelevant. Yeah. And also, uh, yeah, I don't know whether it's worth picking up on this, but the, to your point about email and text message, I mean, maybe once you have group versions of that. But if I text you, that's that's just a, that's just do. an you interaction. Do. You have group oh, I agree. I'm suggesting once you get to a group level, it becomes that. But if I'm yes. just texting you, that's not a network. That's just me communicating with it, you. It, it, you know, I'll, I'll, I, it's a very straightforward way of like ending this conversation as long as it's built on a many-to-many network as long as the technology is built on a many-to-many network then it's a social network as long as you can com- communicate one-to-one one-to-many many-to-many then it's a social network that's that's just so is whatsapp a social network absolutely it can be mobile messaging snap all of these different products are because they are built on a network that enables many-to-many communication that is the definition I think it's going to. I think that's even up for debate. I, I think we're. Gonna, I think that's going to change week to week. Let's not get into it because we, we haven't got time. But, but we, we we'll revisit it in a future one. I promise you. So is email. <laughs> Sorry, we can debate this later. <laughs> and we will. At, I don't. I, and we will. I don't want to be at that debate. Uh, Toby, Are we still live? Can you? T- yeah. <laughs> we'll do it live. Uh, TikTok reportedly developing curated content feed. Well, as the resident, is TikTok a social network? As a, <laughs> Do you as, have a TikTok? As the oh, don't even give me. He's that. The, What's the political tint? He's on the this? resident TikTok expert. <laughs> I'm scared to join. I feel Here like I'm... first of all, uh, as the resident TikTok expert and TikTok influencer, I'm excited to be speaking about this. But I'm also even more excited about the fact that, like, I'm not talking about politics or whether TikTok is going to like testify in front of Congress this week. Okay, I actually get to talk about something that is more to do with uh, the changes they're making to the platform. So. What are we talking about here? Uh, so they're reportedly developing a curated content feed straight out of the Snapchat playbook. Um, their original content feed would display original videos from popular TikTok creators alongside content from professional uh, and branded publishers. It seems to me, it's just really interesting, it seems to me that TikTok um, has innovated to the point that they've created a new way for people to creatively express themselves the format of the content the way it's presented the interaction design all of that when it first launched felt very fresh and new and different and it obviously attracted a lot of people Um, the creativity that's coming out of that platform is just phenomenal I find it so exciting so interesting I spend a lot of time consuming TikTok content for that reason everything else they're doing though is straight out of like the playbook of Facebook and Snap and Instagram and that's perfectly okay because it's a very well understood and very well worn path that these different companies have taken and this particular announcement is like just a perfectly good uh, example of that what I look at very closely um, in terms of this um, sort of discover feed type of functionality is less how um, it enables or surfaces more of the creator community and more of the individual uh, content creators, but but more um, what it represents for, for publishers and, and, and for, for, for these sort of organizations that are now sort of thinking about, okay, we need to be on 
TikTok? How are we going to, what is our strategy? Like, how should we be approaching it? What should our content look like? How do we create a voice within this community, et cetera? And, and one of the publishers that I think is worth looking at is Complex. I love what Complex does across the board. I think it's a phenomenally interesting company. Um, but what they're doing, I mean, they've built an audience in literally in months. They built an audience of about 2.2 million people on, on the TikTok platform. Th- their content is really just curating kind of like the best of like TikTok um, presented, I think, through the lens of like the complex brand and what they stand for and, and their understanding of their own audience. But there's nothing particularly original about it, but it is just interesting to see how a publisher brand uh, positions themselves within their community and then obviously how this like discover feed is, is going to kind of surface more of, of that content. So I think it's interesting. As I say, I'm a huge fan of the platform. And to answer your question, Katie, check out at Doobie Dance on TikTok. That is my <laughs> no TikTok way. handle. Um, I basically mash up the Doobie Brothers with like awesome oh, yeah. viral dance videos. It's pretty good. Check it out. I I will go and check that out. <laughs> but I also will tell you that uh, I keep seeing people TikToking in public. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was in a shop the other day and there was uh, some young ladies t- oblivious to everyone around them. They'd set the thing up on the shelf and they were TikToking in public. Yeah. What's the world coming to? You made it a verb? TikToking? It's TikToking. You in Instagram, public. you Facebook, you TikTok. Yeah. Have you ever TikToked in public? I've never TikToked in public, but I'm also a huge fan. And I think that Katie what's, what's, of TikTok, I'm sorry. And in public. I don't ha- I need to get one. I don't have one. Overhand sauce. <laughs> I'm gonna tick I'm gonna start TikToking in public. I hope I can't wait to see it. Right sorry. in Flatiron. Um, no, I think this is interesting. And Katie said something that I hear a lot, and I also thought is it's TikTok is scary. How do I get into it? There's a lot of content that I don't understand and don't necessarily isn't native to me as a more adult person than the, the average <laughs> user base. But I think that's why that's obviously why it has its magic. So this feature is kind of like letting people get over that hump of what what is this platform? What's on it? And how do I find something that I actually like relate to? I've never seen a platform where people feel more accomplished when they create one piece of content for the first time, (laughs) like successfully than this platform. Vine was a little bit like that. I think when people like started experimenting with Vine, like the kind of, the, the novices and the people that actually don't have any real kind of creative talents actually created a piece of content for Vine. You were like, oh, it's like the first time you did like a bit of stop animation. You're like, oh my God, this is so cool. That's what's so fascinating about these these platforms is it actually unlocks creativity within all of us. And I think that's like obviously a good thing. Hopefully you, you, TikTok doesn't suffer the same fate as Vine. You know, purchased and no longer existing. I world. think the founders of Vine would probably agree that their fate was a reasonably acceptable one. Um, <laughs> while we're talking about creativity, let's unlock thing number five which is maybe the most creative thing we've had in here in a while and that is Oreo launching a clothing collection. That was an interesting segue. Um, So Oreo just launched a clothing line that obviously has branding on hats, t-shirts, other fashion items. This isn't, this is really interesting. This isn't a new move. I think it's very smart. I love any kind of brand that tries to pivot from a product only branding perspective to more of a lifestyle brand because I'm sure Oreo, just like Harley Davidson, Polaroid, Levi's, understands that the next like generation of consumers kind of doesn't care what the product is. They want to buy into the lifestyle, the thought behind what the product is, like a little bit of the coolness. You have your MacBook and your, you know, Nikes and all these things that make up who they and their like friends stand for. So this is this is smart for them. It's not 
It's not brand a brand new concept. Though. I am just so disappointed because I didn't actually read this particular article. I'm just disappointed that we're not talking about edible clothing. Oh. That's why I thought we were going to Okay, oh let's let's bring it back to our market. I want to be able to eat my hat. <laughs> I think we should talk about it in the frame. No one's stopping you eating your hat, mate. <laughs> wow. uh, in terms of what this means for marketers, though, I think... It speaks to a willingness to try and test and learn and go outside of the comfort zone of what your product actually is. So, you know, I think in the, in the agency world in particular, we are constantly pitching things like this and to see it happen successfully uh, is, is is a good sign for what we could possibly sell in the future. I guarantee you it's an agency idea. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I think what's interesting, speaking to kind of like trends and not necessarily speaking to Oreo specifically is that, you know, Brands obviously have to think about the ways in which they engage their consumers um, cross-platform, um, both digitally and also kind of in the real world. And and if you have a rabid fan base and people who love your brand and everything that you stand for, as well as the products themselves, then then you know create opportunities, whether it's experiential opportunities or just other ways for people to engage your brand. And if like clothing is like a way to do that. The Harley Davidson example is probably the best one in, in terms of, um, I'm, sh- I'm sure they probably make more revenue from merch than they do from actually selling like motorcycles. But, um, you know, it speaks to the fact that it's just such a rabid fan base. They want to connect at every level with this brand. And, and this is a good example of that. I don't know who the Oreo customers are that want to go around wearing this, this the, these clothing. They're all on TikTok. Um, but you're you know, going to need to get some Oreo swag, mate, to keep up the TikTok. It's interesting, though. They're not overly branded, if you look at it. Like, a few years ago, I think, when you first saw this, it was, like, all about the brands. And now they're realizing that it's about the consumer. And it's, like, if, a, if you want to showcase a brand as a form of self-expression, it's about something you're saying about yourself. And they're kind of moving towards, like, I, I saw a denim jacket that had, like, a phrase on it. And so they're getting that, like, a brand, your association with brands is part of your identity. And it's about the consumer, ultimately, and not the brand. So I thought it was smart that they, they kind of toned down a little bit, made it less, less overtly promotional. Yeah, so I think uh, the Oreo clothing is going to do it for us this week. I'm going to run out and buy some, start TikToking in public. But most crucially, I'm going to start investing through the uh, public app. Right. I'm sending you a code right now. Some free stuff. Code. Thanks, thanks, I'll mate. Send you some free yeah. I, I want to uh, thank Katie Perry for coming in thanks, and joining guys. us from Public. Um, you'll come back and hang out again, right? Of course. That'd be you'll awesome. Have me. Amanda Davis, Kenny Gold, Toby Daniels. I've been Dan Bennett, and thank you for joining us this week for Five Things. We'll see you next week. The Five Things is produced by Andrew Petit, Joey Scarillo, and Christina Torres, and recorded at Townhouse Studios. Gray is a global creative agency whose mission is putting famously effective ideas into the world. Social Media Week is a leading conference and industry news platform that curates and shares insights, emerging trends, and best practices with the world's smartest digital marketers. Gray is the exclusive global creative insights partner for Social Media Week. Check out more at gray.com. 